0: I'm Robin Amlow of IBS Intelligence, and I'm joined by Barat Mystery, Technical Director, UK and Ireland for Trend Micro. Trend Micro recently published its 2020 Cloud App Security Report. Detections of malware, credential theft, and phishing emails, all showing double-digit year-on-year increases last year. But business email compromise volumes down slightly. Why is there a divergence there, do you think?
1: The divergence is kind of partly because the actual criminals are becoming more sophisticated. So even though the number of detections are down, the actual payouts are significantly higher. So if if you look in previous years, it was around $50,000 average. But in 2020, that went up to $80,000 on average. So you can see it's gone up. So the detections are down, but the sophistication of the attack the uh, investment from their side to lure people in, you know, it's very realistic now and you have to have your wits about you to spot some of these business email compromise attacks.
0: Okay, so it's not quite such good news then.
1: No, no, no. On on the face of it, you know, it looks like 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 I said, the detections say one story, but when you actually dig a little bit deeper and look at the uh, kind of financial payout that goes with it, it's it's different. And and we've seen this with ransomware as well. It's not just on business email compromise.
0: Would it be the case that this increase in volume is just down to the pandemic, or was it going to happen anyway?
1: No, it's it's predominantly driven by the pandemic. You know. Threat actors have seen this increased surface of attack, you know, with the masses of people working from home. And, uh, you know, when you're in the corporate environment, you've got layers of protection in there. And and the fact that now when people are working from home, they may not have the same level of protection. They may be using personal devices. And and so, you know, threat actors are kind of leveraging that attack surface. Secondly, they're also kind of playing on, I would say, that fear and uncertainty around the global pandemic and luring people in to clicking on links and
0: things like that. One of the reasons that's depressing as far as I'm concerned is that we've talked about malware, we've talked about phishing for years and people are still falling for it.
1: The the thing is, it's hard to distinguish From a human point of view, what is malware and what isn't, or what is phishing and what isn't? When we see the sophistication, if if, if I just take one kind of example here, you know, we saw a rise in credential stealing uh, threats out there. And these were highly targeted attacks at what would be the C-suite in an organization. And they were done on the back of like a password recovery or a password expiry context. And when you click on the link, when you look at the website, it looks like your own corporate website you know when you look for the obvious markers oh well, yeah and, and most people you know the human eyes is, is trained to look for very simple signs to make a very rapid decision you know if I see my corporate logo once said yeah that's it you don't look at the fine detail and and that's where people are getting caught out and so obviously you, you put your credentials in and they're harvested before you know it
0: still being depressed here so move, <laughs> moving right along Were there any specific trends, other other than a huge increase, were there any specific trends you saw last year? What's
1: surprising is really how email is still the number one threat vector that people are using. People say, you know, we've got denial of service and things like that, but it is still email is the number one channel that people will go after because it's so easy. You know, it's open to communications. and, And I would say that's the area that we need to address, you know, If we're going to tackle this, we need to put more focus and, and emphasis around that, not only around really what I would say is user education and awareness, but also around the technology investment we put in that space needs to be thought about. If you look at some of the stats that came out, you know, our figure of 16 million detections that we found were on top of native messaging platforms. So from people like Microsoft, for example, they have security capability on there, And we've seen 16 million on top of what they missed. So you can see it's evolving rapidly.
0: All right. There's two things there that I'm picking up on. You said, yes, there's user education, but it's also technology as well. Let's talk first about user education what are the key things people really do need to understand?
1: Yeah, so, you know, one common mistake I see in all organisations is that we go for a one approach fits all, and that doesn't work. So we need to understand what that user base looks like, and you need to think of a programme that really addresses what we call personas, what the profile of different people look like. Okay, you're not, you can't cater for everyone, but you can generalise it into maybe four different areas and then create a programme around that that will resonate with them. So that's, that's one thing. And then you need to have a programme that kind of stays on top of that, well, give them good hygiene habits, which they can use in, in their home environment. And it's things like that that will work. And it needs to be continuous rather than, oh, we're going to do it every six months or we're going to do it every year. So that's that's one side of things. On the technology side of things, we need to think about some kind of layer defense. You know, I think the days of having one technology in place have gone, you need to have kind of multiple layers to kind of look at this. Certainly when we look at some of the sophistication of the attacks where we see, you know, because when you look at it, it doesn't mean anything. You know, the URL may look genuine. It's only when you click on that link that then you get a sequence of events that happen. And that's where you need, I would say, multiple layers. It's like like a a castle in a moat. You know, you have the moat, you have the drawbridge, you have various layers that you need to get through before you can get to the inside.
0: Looking at the technology then, will the coming of artificial intelligence solutions actually help this or confuse it?
1: No, no, uh, it it will definitely help. Um, Certainly from a trend micro point of view, we use it. We have something called writing styles or author analysis. So we look at mails that uh, have gone into an inbox and we will create like a model pattern of the language used, the grammatical structure of it, the frequency of certain words, who the mails go to. And then when we see a male, let's say a cyber criminals managed to infiltrate and compromise an account and they try to send a fake mail, it will go through that artificial intelligence and look at the markers to say actually... This isn't Robin, this is somebody else. You know, they're not using Robin normally says hi, whereas this person's saying hello, you know, and it'll look at various markers like that and it'll, it'll flag it, it'll stop it and go back to the author and say, you know, did you really intend to do this?
0: We've been looking at the trends from 2020. What do you see 2021 looking like? Is it just going to be more of the same, more malware, more phishing, more credential phishing?
1: I think absolutely. And, you know, it goes back to what I was saying around email being the easiest threat vector. I think, you know, year on year, there's always been an increase and cyber criminals will always follow the money. I think uh, with the current state of the pandemic, we are still going to have large numbers of people working at home. They're going to be using cloud services more and more. And, you know, I can see that lure, you know, because the easiest thing is to lure people in and that enticement is down to predominantly fear it's uncertainty, and it's down to curiosity. If you were to have a room and you had a red button in that room and it says, do not press it, I guarantee you someone's going to press it, right? So it's the same thing with email. You know, if you can entice someone like that, do not click on this link, I guarantee you they're going to click on the link. Someone's going to do it. So, uh,
0: yeah, no, it, it,
1: it's it's that human factor side of things.
0: But we have to restrain that somehow.
1: We, we do. And like I said, the only way, it goes back to what I was saying, Partly it's education, partly it's knowing the consequences of doing some of these things. And it's also empowering, I would say, users to be a bit more challenging. There are some organisations where users are just told blindly to follow process, and that's where some of these attacks are being you know, uh, highly effective because they'll see uh, they're just kind of watching emails come in and just following the action that they need to do without questioning it. You know, If someone says, oh, we need to do a £200,000 transfer into this account. They may do it, and if they see who it's been sent from—from from the CFO or someone like that—they will doubly do it. They won't kind of question it and say, "Is this right or not?" And I think it's a level of trust and empowering employees to have that kind of conversation with with the um, people in the C-suite, really.
0: Barrett Mystery, Technical Director, UK and Ireland for Trend Micro. Thank you very much for depressing me.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Robin. The future's bright. <laughs>